0: I'm Steve Ordauer, and welcome to Rhythm of Life. Today on the show, I had the pleasure of speaking with the gentleman of crypto made up of King Bless and Isaiah Jackson, otherwise known as Bitcoin Zay, whose mission is to bridge the gap between cryptocurrency and the community. They jointly run the KRBE Digital Assets Group, which offers consulting to businesses, and they offer a masterclass about the crypto industry. They are both certified Bitcoin professionals, and Bitcoin Zay has most recently come out with the second edition of his book, Bitcoin and Black America. He's also been interviewed by Forbes, Time Magazine, and CNBC. We discussed a wide array of topics, including how Bitcoin can empower those who have been historically disenfranchised by our current system of fiat currency, the role of the Federal Reserve and centralized banking, the importance of peer to peer transactions and the beginning of mass adoption of Bitcoin, as we see the mayors of major cities taking part of their salaries in Bitcoin, as with New York and Miami, as well as some professional athletes accepting part of their salaries in Bitcoin as well. If you've been wondering about the implications of this emerging landscape, this episode may shed some light on the subject for you.
1: All views of Steve Ordauer and his guests on this show are solely their opinions, and you should not treat any of these opinions as specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy. This podcast is for informational purposes only.
0: Pleasure meeting you guys. I feel like I know you because I've been listening to you for months. Boy, you have really broadened my perspective. But I just want to start from the beginning. How you guys I, I mean, I know the story before our audience. Um, how you two originally got into Bitcoin? I believe uh, Isaiah got into Bitcoin originally, and then how you guys re hooked up? If you could tell that story and how yeah, you started your start. company, he's the OG, so he has to uh, kick it off. The, uh... Zay,
2: please, absolutely. So, uh, 2013, uh, I heard about Bitcoin from a roommate, and he mentioned the word Bitcoin, and I, you know, researched it from there. Read the white paper, um, watched videos from Max Kaiser. Mm. Uh, different uh articles including from uh the Winklevoss twins who own gemini now and then uh, a few years later i started posting about bitcoin and because i posted it, that's how king saw that and then saw that i was into bitcoin and we have we were friends from college so we already knew each other right right okay um exactly so uh he just basically reached out and was like hey i've been studying bitcoin i see that you're on it uh you know are you just still the same person? And I was like, yeah, that's basically it. And uh, yeah, we just went from there. Uh, because we were close friends in college. But you know, after college, you go your separate ways. But sure, like I always say, Bitcoin uh, brings brings people together. So this was our first iteration of that. And then we uh, started the show from that point. And then that's where uh, King jumped in and, and of course, started continuing with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency.
0: Before we move on, Isaiah, were you taken with bitcoin right away i mean i i've heard you talk about the white paper yes and i've heard you say once i read the white paper i was like whoa but i mean didn't you go through a lot of trials and tribulations that tested your resolve in terms of your belief in this brand new technology and a new form of currency what were some of the ups and downs that you had to go through that you had to say you know i still believe in this
2: uh so because I was new to investing and mm. I thought that's what Bitcoin was. Essentially, I could make money off of it. That was my mindset initially. <clears throat> so the first thing I went through was getting in in October 2013. Mm. I saw the price rise from $200 up to 1000 I thought I would get rich quick. Didn't really have any clue what was going on. Uh, and then, of course, that crashed from there and it, it continued down for like two years. So I had an opportunity to learn from there. And one of the things that helped was... Uh, I do have a degree in computer science, so I understood the uh, technological side. Mm. I understood what they were what they were trying to achieve, and it made sense uh, to me instantly, simply because uh, from from the very beginning, I've always said, if there's ever been anything that can combat the inflation and the mm. crash we had in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, I would go with it because after that happened, I, we were in college. Me and King were in college. We already mm-hmm. broke. we were from broke to broken, like it was. We already didn't have money and then you throw in the fact that gas is going up and it can't get right. like I'm already, I'm only nineteen. So uh that's when I first started learning about the financial system. Uh-huh. I always said if there was something to combat it, um, you know, at some point I would go with it. That's why I think I kind of got it instantly.
0: It's interesting in life when there are these situations that pushes your back up against the wall, it's almost doing you a favor when you went from broke to broken. It's all you say, I have to do something, I have to pursue something, I have to see seek some other opportunity and so king are you do you have a technical background so Is no that- i
1: don't and that's why this oh. uh, this works so well too so kind of I'm, I'm glad he put that in there so to give some background to like you said we went mm. in college uh mm-hmm. years ago uh bitcoin they had the technical background mm-hmm. uh, okay when we, when we you know we graduated we go our ways i ended up going to the military um long story short in 2014 i first heard about like bitcoin deep web dark web Uh, I was deployed, Mm. went to go look up the information. uh, And then I started seeing all the articles about criminals and dark web and this and that. And I'm on my government computer. I'm deployed. So I instantly put the stop to that. That was in 2014. And literally, it was just like... So on and off, I was deployed 2014, 2015, and 2016. Mm. That's right. I didn't have any life at home. It wasn't the best thing for my mental, but <laughs> I was employed basically on and off for three years. So H- how old were you about? Uh, yeah. So that's this- when I was 2014, 2015, 2016. So probably like 25, 26, 27. Okay. The- yep. Right. Right. So uh, I'm deployed. My first employment I wanted to look up all this information. I couldn't. I go on my second employment in 2016. Uh, The Mm. first deployment was 2014 and 2015. Second deployment was 2016. Uh, And as I'm gearing up for that is when I see Bitcoin Zay posts off a Facebook message, like, this is my last time talking about Bitcoin. I'm done. Like, this, he's like, I'm never telling nobody else. Y'all ain't listening to me. I'm done talking about Bitcoin. This is 2016. Now, what Zay didn't tell you, too, is at the time when he's working his uh, regular nine to five, he's Mm. mining Litecoin and he's getting involved in the space for real. Uh, Okay. So, my fast forward back to me, uh, 2016, I saw the bird call he threw out. I'm like, hey, I've always been interested in Bitcoin. Like, I heard about it uh, years ago, but like, I don't it, it, people understand. Like before we start, when we started our YouTube show, it might only have been like uh, I know Chris Dunn was the big like the other YouTuber. Mm-hmm. I would say mm-hmm. it might have been four to five YouTubers tops. There weren't there wasn't a lot of uh, literature. There wasn't a lot of uh, literature broken down, like how they have Ledger, all these academies now, where it's like, hey, these these layman's terms. It wasn't that. It was, no, right, either, right. You, either you know the technical side or you don't. So it really mm-hmm. helped
0: to have uh Bitcoin And if you don't, it. you're going to get taken. Yeah, like, you're going to get taken. You're going to get taken. You're going to get robbed. There's so many ways to just get, Wild like, west. to have it go sideways, for sure. Right. So uh, he starts telling me about Bitcoin. I read the white paper. As soon as I read the white paper, I'm hooked. I'm like, boom, this worked. I Wait, get it. You, so now you don't have a technical background, but yet when you read the white paper, you understood in a very revelatory fashion that this could really change things. Yes. Yeah, was so, that
1: the impact? Yes. Yeah, so to be fair, okay. I don't have like a, a formal training degree in a tech background. Uh, however, growing up, I did uh, get accepted to a charter school in elementary. Okay. So in 97, 96, I had my first computer in my house. The charter school, it was oh. an inner city program. I, was, I grew up okay. in Great Michigan on the east side. Oh, oh uh, okay. Kids who got selected to go to the schools, a lottery, basically, literally. Like I had to use my grandfather's address on the west side. They pull my name. I go to the school. Everyone sure. gets a free computer as far as this program. So I okay. knew how I I know many things computer because I just like as a child, I was just on the computer.
0: 24/7. So you have an aptitude that leans in that direction yes, anyway. Very high. I, into, okay. And I'm a gamer okay. as well. So when it comes. Okay. To that life, doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. My,
1: I have cousins who build computers and TV. Mm-hmm. It's like a family. I got a, a family of nerds. in My family they all know how to do this stuff. So by mm-hmm. nature, I learned. So anyway, uh, but the part of this story in 2016, though, for my job in the military, I was a public affairs officer. I ended up doing that, which is uh, part of my job. We had CEOs coming in left and right, top 100, uh, YPO, Young Presidents Organizations. And mm. we're showing them all things military so they know where their money is going. So these multimillionaires know where their money is going as far mm. as providing uh, tax relief or whatever to the military, citizens, whatever. It was during that time I said, hey, when I leave the military, I want to leverage these contacts and I want to start. Uh, some type of financial hedge fund or something. So I'm looking at having to go to Wall Street, getting this wow. background, all that. So when Zay comes around and he's telling me about Bitcoin, I'm like, "Hey, we can do that in this market where it isn't these licenses and gray line, you know, barriers and all this other stuff." So essentially, we started consulting uh, for people and businesses in 2016. Uh, just telling them what moves to make in crypto essentially. Right, helping this was
0: before you formed the KRB. No, this is when we formed it. So in 2016, oh no, so you formed it to Oh, do yeah. That. By the time As so the conversation
1: with Zay was he said what Bitcoin was. Uh I call him out, I call you? You know, I call him, I'm on deployment. You still the same guy? Yep. Are you? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, here's the idea. I was thinking about doing a traditional money business or whatever. Hey, uh-huh. I know about crypto, and then we merged it. And from there, it was like, hey. Zay's job—he got a tech background. If it gets mm. too technical, he knows the, the, the step up to the plate uh, mm-hmm. for, for the business and for the the, the infrastructure. That's kind of my mm. job for the most part. Um, so essentially, we start business. We were consulting with people. 2016 was going great. We were doing a lot of consultations to the mm-hmm. fact that we both were on the phone about 15 hours, 30 hours a day. So 15 hours per, 30 wow. hours total. It was crazy. Like every hour on the phone, every day a news headline will pop up. And, this and were place. you guys
0: consulting mainly with? companies or individuals or so in 2016 it started off mainly as individuals but uh okay.
1: 2017 january 1st bitcoin hit a thousand dollars um i mean when we started in 2016 together it was under 400 so with that growth it kind of turned into here's my friend here's my friend here's my friend here's my friend's business here's these businesses here are these businesses so mm. essentially we were getting so many phone calls about headlines like oh my god the price is going this is that the headline says this and there was nowhere to turn. Again, there was no literature. There was nothing, no uh-huh. YouTubers. And that's why we decided to do the YouTube show. We was like, where's a place where we can talk to all our clients on a daily basis about market updates for 30 minutes? I'm
0: continuing so. to thank you in my head, by the way, <laughs> just so you know. I'm <laughs> thanking both of you in my head constantly while you're talking. Go ahead.
1: So, yeah. So that's how the uh, the show started, the partnership started. And, then, of course, Bitcoin mm-hmm. zay he's been in ATMs. He's down there in Miami now trying to work on the Miami coin. I know. Time Magazine from a YouTube show, New York Times, Fox Business from a YouTube show, CNBC. So um, yeah, it just goes to show that you know we we took this series when we started the show. We took a series. We said mm. no one's doing this, and we start now and we do it the proper way. No one will ever be able to catch up to us and beat us. Uh, and <laughs> we
0: took a series, so here we are. Well, there's so much misinformation, and that's why I'm so was so fascinated by both of you because I got a very clear indication from listening to your interview with Dr. Boyce Watkins and then continuing to listen to you on your podcast is that you cut through the crap. I mean, it's like I get the real deal straight and unfiltered from both of you. Um, But a lot of people have no clue what this is at all. Um, So I was wondering if just just in a brief way, either – Maybe Zay would be the person to do this um, to just break down the blockchain technology in layman's terms so people can just kind of understand the basics. whenever it comes to layman's terms, I might be your best bet, but go ahead and try oh, okay. it. Because Zay's technical. He's going to give well, you this. <laughs> That's why you guys yeah, yeah. have a good I partnership.
1: I had to work on getting more technical and Zay had to work on reeling it back in. Just go yeah, ahead, Zay. Right. I know he got it these days. I'm sorry. Well,
2: so if it's just blockchain technology. All it is, is a database. Okay. That's all blockchains are. They are a database that is immutable, meaning it cannot be changed, supposedly, or for most change, and the data stored on there can be transferred from one private address to another. That's all blockchains are, and they can be private, they can be public, and they can Mm -hmm. be used for different use cases. The most successful blockchain is Bitcoin. Simply because the use case for it is mostly for money. That is essentially what blockchains are for. There are other use cases, but the first successful use case is money.
1: And when it comes to the actual block itself, all a block is, is every time a transaction is confirmed, like miners confirm transactions, every time a transaction happens, it's stored in a block. And after a certain amount, the block essentially cuts off and says, all right, well, this is all the transactions from this block and we're going to start the next one. That's what makes Bitcoin blockchain specifically so powerful is because once that block is done, everybody say, all right, that block is done. These transactions are stored. That is what stops the double spend problem What Bitcoin solves, where two people can't spend the same amount of money because that transaction has already been caught in that block. And everybody's right. computer and laptop and node across the planet who has downloaded that Bitcoin blockchain has that block stored. That's why you can't hack it, because in order to hack it, you need to go to that block before really need to go back to the first block to do it proper. But you need to at least go back to the block before and mm-hmm. hack that block. And that means everyone's computer around the world who runs this program mm-hmm. will see an issue when the next block comes. Like, oh, wait, wait, something's going on with that last one. And then uh, your computer or you yourself can decide, are we going to go with this new transaction who's changed the last block? We don't know why. That mm-hmm. would be very stupid. Or are we going to ignore this and keep moving forward from the same blockchain that we had? So that's how the actual blocks are formed.
0: So isn't this... A main part of the brilliance of what Satoshi Nakamoto came up with in terms of his coding prowess, because it solved this double spending issue. Is that is that correct?
1: Whereas right now, uh, again, if you were to send money to anyone using mm-hmm. a bank, anything outside of the cash is going okay. to take time. And that's because your bank had to say, yes, they have this money and the other bank has to accept it. And that's mm-hmm. the third party of it. Or if you're not a bank, then the government. How many, you know, you're doing six thousand six hundred dollar transaction now, right? Or nine over nine thousand mm-hmm. dollars like that's all third parties saying yep the money's here now the money's there yep the money's here Now the, with bitcoin it is literally just uh, a code on the internet uh like mm-hmm. linewire napster right you can open up napster and install download music back in the day again i had to compare it to that because that's when i first got mm-hmm. my computer napster mm-hmm. and linewire was big you can just open the program and download music that is what bitcoin is you open up the bitcoin blockchain you are now your own bank
0: Okay, so here. Though that I, That reminds me of the first email I sent to you, which is, why would I want to be my own private bank? That sounds ridiculous. And then your email back to me was the catalyst for a cascading amount of reflection about the banking system, centralized banking, the Fed, what this means. Could you kind of speak to that? Why someone would want to be their own private bank and why peer to peer transactions are so important, either one of you, however you want to do it? Oh, yeah.
2: So the original message in Bitcoin's first block was about the bailout to UK banks because Bitcoin was created to combat the inherent inflation that comes from fiat currency, as well as the centralized point of governance. That is in Federal Reserve. So, And how do you define fiat currency, Zay? Eh? Exactly. Fiat currency is currency that is issued by a nation state. So if a government issues a currency without a natural resource backing, mm. that is fiat currency. Literally mm. printed out of thin air. And we got on the fiat standard in 1971. That was when we got off the gold standard. Usually, right. you use your natural resources in order to issue dollars so mm. that you can actually support it if people want to cash it in at some point or want to use it as a store of value. However, we said, forget that. We don't need that. We'll print fiat currency. The entire world uh, has pretty much adopted the same thing. Mm. It's literally printed at will at the request of people who we do not have control over. And they do it uh, in in small rooms uh, with their own votes of people we did not vote for. So that is where fiat currency comes from. And Bitcoin is
0: inherently different. So what would you say to the devil's advocate say, but it's insured. There's some sort of regulation. It's centralized. It can be like controlled for the good of the citizenry. What would be your answer to that um, in terms of allowing for the empowerment of the individual from your perspective? Well, if it can be controlled,
2: it's not really yours. And anytime you put your money in a bank, it's actually not not yours at that point. It's theirs. Mm. They can loan it out. They use a process called rehypothecation where they take your money. They invest it. They may make 8%, 12%, but you get 0.75% of your savings, which is garbage. You get mm-hmm. nothing from that. Putting your money in a bank is, is basically hustling backwards at this point. You go, <laughs> you're not making any money. So what banks have decided uh, in order to entice people to keep it there is the security of insurance, like yes. you said, FDIC, which is actually only up to 250000 Mm-hmm. At that point, they actually can't even insure you. So richer people move to bigger banks where they may get more insurance. But uh-huh. what makes Bitcoin great is you are your own bank and all you need is the education in order to do it. And with great power comes great responsibility. So yes, there is that threat there. But when you can control it, those rules do not apply anymore. There's no bank that can just one day start tracking all of your your money or one day tell you this is the limit that you can send. All of this is egregious and it is not Uh, a part of a a good money system
0: okay but what if somebody says king uh maybe king you'd like to answer this what if i got nothing to hide what's the big deal yeah well well, my thing with that is again 2008
1: showed us uh i'm from detroit michigan like i said the big three car companies there ford gm and all that Mm -hmm. good stuff uh this isn't a a possible or maybe i saw president obama uh administration bail out the Mm -hmm. big three car companies I mm-hmm. saw when they fired and laid off people like my uncles and aunts and people who worked there for throughout the years at mm. their 19th year. So they wouldn't have to pay them their 20 year retirement. Mm. Instead, they used that same money for golden parachutes where they could basically quit, resign or get fired and leave with 30, 40, 50 million dollars. Mm. The Obama administration allowed that to happen through taxpayer money. Shortly after, they did the same thing with banks and the housing crisis. Hey, we've been telling you all bad uh, uh, credit ratings, whatever, loan ratings and all this other stuff. Oh, nobody's going to jail on this side of the fence. No one's held responsible, but we are going to use your tax money, tax money to bail out the banks. And then last but not least, when you look at protests in general with Bitcoin, Zay's book is about Bitcoin in Black America. There is mm-hmm. no better form of protest than owning Bitcoin. And here's the craziest thing about why I think it's also so important. All Bitcoin is, is, is a form of value. It's a form of value. And it has everyone up in arms. Why? Mm-hmm. What is that telling you? And to be honest and to be fair for me, I feel like if you're going to stand up and say, and not by you, by anybody out there who says, hey, Mm. I don't want to be responsible for holding my own money. I don't want to be responsible for being my own bank and all that. Then Mm -hmm. to me, it's like we should not have the same voting power either. You are openly admitting Mm -hmm. I don't even want to be responsible for my own value. I don't want to be responsible Mm -hmm. for my own money. But yet you think we're on the same level when it comes to other things. I, I strongly disagree with that. Uh, so the bottom line is Bitcoin is allows you to have your own value. I know it's working because Hillary Clinton just came out up in arms talking about how Bitcoin basically could be a national security threat. <laughs> U.S. Treasury already came out and said Bitcoin can undermine U.S. sanctions. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, the Federal Reserve came out last year and early this year when they were doing all the printing of the money on 60 Minutes and said, yeah, we have the ability just to print money at will. That is not okay because right now, Bitcoin is worth, let's say, $60,000. There will only be 21 million Bitcoin ever by the year 2140. There will only be 21 million Bitcoin. There's already 18 and some change out, 18 million, some change out at a price of 60,000. If tomorrow I say it is not going to be only 21 million Bitcoin, there's going to be 21 billion Bitcoin. What would happen to the price? So how can the United States say, hey, this is how much money we have? Oh, pandemic, we printed billions of dollars. Oh, OK, right after the pandemic, we're printing $3.5 <laughs> Sorry, that gas is $6 now. We don't know how that happened because you can't keep printing money. So, I mean, you can see I'm passionate about this because, uh, again, for sure, I don't understand why well, I do understand. That's why we always joke about it, saying it's like more of a gang. But you're getting upset because people want to keep their own value to themselves and keep it private. That is a big
0: issue to me. Why is that an issue? We're supposed to be private citizens. Well, you guys, I love your 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 tagline bridging the gap between cryptocurrency and the community because there is so not just misinformation, but what you guys are speaking to so powerfully is this whole paradigm on a fundamental level and it's making people reassess what their government does and what they should and shouldn't be doing. In a very um, substantive way, I mean, just like what you were saying, you know, why do we need this this centralized system and the whole idea of peer to peer decentralized finance, DeFi, as they call it in the biz, um, and you know these smart contracts that are now happening. And when I started learning about this, I thought right away this is really intriguing on many levels. But if I'm going to dip my toe in here, I clearly need to get educated. Clearly. Or else I'm going to get taken, hoodwinked, scammed. I'm going to lose my money. And so I went ahead and took your course. And I learned a ton. I learned a ton. You know, you got to get the lay of the land first. And and security is an issue. Could you speak about just the security issues that people need, like a couple things that people need to keep in mind in terms of that?
1: Yeah, I would definitely say, uh, so... Like you said, this is the Wild West and the and the power of our class and reason why we stand by it and, and we both, the one complaint we had was we're pretty sure a guy screen recorded and got a refund because he took it in twelve hours and then went a refund. We were like, bro, there's no way you learned everything there is to learn taking this class one time overnight straight. Um <laughs> But regardless,
0: uh, this... this Just pay this. for what you use. I mean, it's pay. Exactly. It's we weren't sure. Yeah, we were exactly. like, sorry, bro. We, we have you It's always one. It's, <laughs> always one. it's always one. Yeah, yeah. But
1: um, right, right. So uh, I, I say all that because the point we made to him, one of the things he said, he was like, hey, you can find all this online, which wasn't true because when it comes to the collateralized loans, like now they're starting to pop up, those videos, mm-hmm. like it's only like four or five of those videos are decent out right now. So mm-hmm. that wasn't true. But I say all that to say... One of the things we told him was like, "Hey, if you think you can find all this and learn online, which you can, and do it on your own, and it will save, and like you'll essentially you won't, you'll make more, save more than two thousand dollars a cost of class, and have at it." We say that because we did it. We actually tried it. Like I just lost. I I, I mentioned in the master class. I just lost some money this year on a new uh, protocol in the DeFi space, trying to Mm. test things out. Something had a nine hundred thousand percent ROI. Now, granted, they do. uh, It it was a brand new (laughs) protocol. So they do go down. I knew it was super risky, but I had to do it. I had to do it for the culture. It was actually working. I just stayed in there way too long. I got super greedy. My friends went in. For, <laughs> my friends went in there for two hours and they left. And they was like, bro, I just got 50, 60 percent in two hours. I'm done. <laughs> I was like, nah. I want a thousand percent today. It was, that was. You gotta, fantastic. you
0: gotta maintain a, you gotta maintain the discipline. No doubt about you it. Definitely do. But no, I, I, say, I say all that because whether it comes to
1: rug pulls. Or specifically, when it comes to hacks, we've been hacked. We like this is stuff I we read. Talk I about read match class when we talk about this in our groups because it's like this isn't the maybe. Like we've been through this, we know what's going to mm-hmm. happen when it goes through it, and we know the steps that you need to take to protect mm-hmm. yourself. So talk about cybersecurity. The first and the best thing you can do for one, you're right. Before you even start in crypto, you have to learn the basis of cybersecurity. And we, I do have a free Medium article out that basically says everything you need to do in crypto. But our oh. security expert told us to layer up it essentially. He said, when you log on to your crypto accounts, it should take you at least three to five steps, because if it takes you three to five steps, a random phishing attempt or a random hacker, they're not going to want to mm. take that much time. They want an mm. easy target with mm. the exception of their personally after you. If it's somebody personally after you, they're going to try to hack you. But if it's just right. a random phishing attempt and for you to log on to your Bitcoin wallet, let's say if you're in your laptop, you have to log out of your administrator uh, username you are now. You have to log into mm. a brand new username, which essentially gives you a brand new laptop. You have yeah. to add a VPN or tour mm-hmm. browsing. Uh, you add uh, two factor authentication, uh, mm-hmm. not text message, maybe a third party app like Duo or something. Uh, right mm-hmm. there, that's like three or four steps. So if you're mm-hmm. doing all that, it should take you anywhere between like three to four or five minutes to log on to your account, and a hacker will not want to repeat those same steps that you're doing. So essentially, it, it just make it as hard as possible to log on to your own account. Also use password managers, like one password or Last Pass. You should oh. not be writing like in crypto. There's
0: too many passwords to remember. It's too many. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That's really, really great. I wanted to just take one step back before we go on to the, the government and their, and their current system. Most people don't know, if you guys could speak to this a little bit, that the Federal Reserve, the, the Banking Act of 1913, most people don't know that the, the bank that prints our money is a privately held bank. There's nothing federal about the Federal Reserve. Can you comment on that and share
2: your opinions? Yeah, it's a um, private bank owned by different families who have a Mm -hmm. lot of money to the point where they're they're not ever gonna be in Forbes. They have more money than Forbes can even count. So you're not gonna see this. They own a bank, this bank distributes money, they print Mm -hmm. it, they give it to, in America, we have 12 different Federal uh, Reserve Banks that are located around America. Mm -hmm. Then they take that money, they disseminate it to commercial banks, Mm -hmm. and banks decide who they want to give loans to for either schools, business, or whatever, personal loans. Mm -hmm. That's how our money system works. The determination of how that money is distributed is based on something called the uh, cancel loan effect, where basically the people closest to the money get the most benefit because Mm -hmm. those people who get the money first, they can actually invest it. They can Mm -hmm. actually get things that they need. By the time it trickles down to us in the form of loans or in the form of banking, we usually get the debt, which is why most people who are middle class and lower, a lot of times your money is worth less by the time it, it, it gets to you, so to say. So right. money, the inflation rate, by the time you actually make more money, the inflation rate is high enough where it doesn't matter. Your, your purchasing power is still the same. That is why you see things like in the black community, our median income is the same since 65. Mm-hmm. It hasn't gone up much. People make more money, but because by the time it got to us, inflation had hit, purchasing power means nothing. The income rate didn't mean anything. And that is what the Federal Reserve basically is as far as the trickle-down effect. And mm-hmm. that's why it doesn't work, uh, because there's a centralized power that determines it. We don't have any say-so over who does it. Nobody. We don't know who votes on it. We don't even mm-hmm. know people that, that do the accounting. They've never audited the Fed. So all of that is pretty much uh, against self-sovereignty and how money should work. Totally. King, did you have something? Yeah, I wanted
1: to piggyback on that also. Uh, for those listening, I would definitely encourage everyone to read The Creature from Jekyll Island. Of course, I went through some of that in the master class. That, mm. it, like, it's, a, it's a long read, but it explains in depth two main things. A, how the Federal Reserve, a private company that for whatever reason our federal government uses for money, how they were formed, and by the way, they were formed by like I think five or six different people, only mm-hmm. two of which were American citizens. It was like mm-hmm. the uh, J.P. Morgan at the time. The CEO J.P. Morgan was involved. Mm-hmm. There was mm-hmm. a United States senator uh, who had ties with uh, I forgot which foreign. Uh, what's one of those? Like not not the Rothstein's, but one of those other uh, Rockefeller. Uh, Rockefeller's, yeah, one of those family. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was Rockefellers. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the Rockefellers was actually there as well. You had uh, one of the Kennedys, I believe, there. So all together it was like four or five or six people got on this train, met on this island, talked about how they are going to start the Federal Reserve, start the new economy, came back and put it in, in motion to work. Now, mm-hmm. here's my issue that. Again, some of those people weren't even American citizens. So from the jump here, mm-hmm. this private company we're getting money from for the United States that does not have American interests. There are interests in other countries like the UK, where these guys are from, or wherever the fuck else. It's not America. Uh, and pardon me, but it is what it is. Uh, and then the, the second part of it is how you actually create debt out of thin air, how you print money. And I mean, mm-hmm. they go across this so many times in the book. And when you see it and when you see what they're doing with Bitcoin, it is the same thing. It's crazy. Essentially, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. The Federal Reserve, the private company bank will print money. It is fake mm-hmm. money. that doesn't believe in it. It's not backed by gold. It's backed by the military, and police and guns at this point. Mm-hmm. They print mm-hmm. this money and this money goes on their balance sheet as an asset. It's an asset because now they have this money to lend. Now, remember, mm-hmm. it's fake money. They just print it. So that's the same as me just... Hey, here's an ink pen. It's an asset now. I have this. I just, I just found it as an asset. So you have this asset. Then they start loaning that money out. They start doing derivatives. They start buying real things with that money. They start buying houses or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're doing all this other stuff. And when they loan that money, now it goes on the balance sheet as a debt owed. So on the same balance sheet, they don't even switch it. It's the exact same balance sheet. They print money, and they say like this: three point five trillion dollars. You're talking about printing. This is the way Uh the balance sheet will look. And this is what people don't understand about the traditional monetary system, which is why I was like, before you even start talking Bitcoin, if you don't even understand this, you're gonna be lost. Exactly. Right, right exactly. now, they'll print $3.5 trillion and they say this is an asset. They'll start mm-hmm. loaning it out and then they say that $3.5 trillion of debt that we loaned out is also a debt due back to us with interest. This is also an asset. At mm-hmm. no point do they say this printed money is, no, is a loss anywhere. So essentially you have two assets that don't even exist that you print out then there, and the next thing you know, milk is five dollars.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's such a bra, it's such a brazen, brazen gangster move on so many levels. But um, you know, I also wanted to touch on what you said, uh, Isaiah, about um by the time the money trickles down to black Americans, you know, inflation has hit, and so the median income hasn't gone up. There's also other things that have been done. Because we're still dealing with fiat currency that have marginalized certain parts of our community, particularly black people um, with redlining and other things. Can you speak to that a little bit?
2: Yeah. yeah. So um, a lot of what banks have done has been in the name of making more profit. So mm-hmm. uh, because of the trickle down of where the money came from, us being sort of last the party, our neighborhoods usually were the place where they would build highways through when mm-hmm. it would draw red lines around certain areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally with the FHA loans, the uh, Federal Housing Authority, mm-hmm. they literally said the property value of your home goes down if a black person moves in. Literally, if a black person, not, not poor person, black person. So mm-hmm. it was an incentive to keep black people out of those neighborhoods because it's like, if you move in and the property value of my house goes down, we're going to have a problem. So exactly. there was a lot of banks there. So that was written into law, which was carried out by banks which mm-hmm. is money lining redlining to keep that property value up. Mm-hmm. If you want to make money, I understand exactly where they're coming from. The problem was it was incentivized by banks, and they kept it that way. And then neighborhoods that were mostly black, that were in areas like Detroit, where you had steel mills where unskilled laborers could actually live middle class and buy houses, mm-hmm. that property value was decimated by building highways directly through them in the and mm-hmm. seventies. Literally, they made a government plan because they built it through there. So if you go mm-hmm. to any neighborhoods right off the highway, usually that is considered Hood places in most cities. And -hmm. there's a reason for that. That wasn't just by mistake. Exactly. Uh, And because nobody wants to live near a highway, nobody wants to live near nuclear plants. Nobody wants to live near trucking stops. And all of those things just so happen to be in most of the black neighborhoods. If you go down any Martin Luther King Jr. Street, usually the hood, because (laughs) they know Obama Boulevard now, it's still the hood. All owned by banks. And they did this deliberately, and this took a lot of value out of the black Mm -hmm. community without you having to you know, do anything about it. You couldn't do anything about it, really. What, what vote did you have? What could you actually do? So uh, it, was, it was masked by economics, mm-hmm. but again, it affected the black community because that is the group that was poor at that time. That's changing now, but at the same time, uh, it's more about class. It's all about what the rich are trying to do to the poor and the banks carry that out. So everybody at this point should have a problem with what the banks have done,
0: not just because it was done to us, it was done to everybody and it's so like ubiquitous and so insidious that you know you grow up in this system you don't think about just how ridiculous it is until you start reflecting on it so now bitcoin comes along and we have this decentralized mechanism that has had many attempts on it to be sabotaged First of all, why in the heck has Bitcoin been able to survive, number one? Why hasn't somebody been able to hack it, take it down or whatever? And is this going to allow people to just be free of the, all of the, 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 the tribulations that we just spoke about?
1: I would say it's not going to free us from tribulations because as we're already seeing, like people are sheep. And again, I understand why. Like, I'm not saying that like necessarily as a negative comment. It's just it's a fact. I understand people have families, children. Like I don't totally. have those things. Zay's Zay's building his now. He has a beautiful daughter, fiance, and everything. So I understand people saying that. Hey, I'm not willing to take these same type of risks I once was. I'm still in that mindset, uh, I and, I, and I, say <laughs> that, right? I don't think I'll ever leave that mindset. <laughs> um, with the she would it. But exactly. So, but mm-hmm. but I I say that because um, right now anyone can buy and use Bitcoin, DeFi, peer to peer, and everything. However, the government's making it illegal, as we speak, every day. They already came out and said, well, if, if you buy and sell Bitcoin or if you're selling Bitcoin to somebody, they're trying to say you're a bank now, you're a broker. So Zay right now, or Steve, you say, hey, can I buy $50 worth of Bitcoin from you? As is intended in the white paper, peer-to-peer, you're actually not supposed to be using exchanges in centralized uh, places, which is why Bitcoin has mm. invented to get you away from centralization, is made mm. to be used peer-to-peer. But the government's mm. saying if you use a peer-to-peer, that's going to be illegal unless you have a banking license, which is like 150K. They're also, mm-hmm. uh, so it, it's a ton of stuff. I mean, that's just one of many, but they're just sure. making things illegal. 11d This is illegal. This is illegal. You can't do that. You can't do this. Or every time, they're saying every time you swap crypto, it's a taxable event. Do you know how many times people swap different projects per day? And they're trying to say every single one of those. And,
0: and, and how is this different? Um, my wife and I were talking about this, and she's got a degree in finance, and um, that's what she does for a living. She said, "Well, how is this different than just going to an exchange place for exchange and exchanging dollars for, uh, you know, the cr- the currency in Mexico? Why, why, why would that be taxed? This is just another form of currency, and it seems to make no sense." And you guys are constantly talking about. All the ridiculous ways in which the government is trying to control this. I remember when I first started listening to both of you, and um, the the government of Turkey said, "Well, there's a war on Bitcoin or a war on crypto or whatever." And you guys are like, "You already lost the war. The Wait, war's already been, been won. What yeah, are you talking over. about?" Because yeah. the strength of the code is so strong. I mean, obviously, bi- there's Bitcoin, and some would pr- would argue that Ethereum is a pretty a substantive type of project or what have you and then there's everybody else but in your your mind both of your minds would probably be bitcoin and everything else but i mean why has bitcoin been able to survive i mean why haven't these sabotage attempts worked well so that's the thing people understand first of all bitcoin is being challenged and tested every day why
1: because if you can hack that blockchain and get to that original wallet it is worth millions of dollars, like hundreds of millions of dollars. Millions. So Bitcoin has been oh. and will always be under attack 24-7, which shows its oh. strength because 24-7, okay. someone is trying to hack that bad boy. Okay, uh, But again, what drew me to Bitcoin, what it sounded like drew to Bitcoin, when I read the white paper, I instantly understood it. I was like, this makes sense. If the code is right, which is open source, so you can also check it on GitHub and everything. It's right. The code's right. Like to me, it it just works. It's the same way as to me. It was as simple as why am I using calculators? You know, it's, oh, you, one day you might not have your calculator. Like yeah, right. Oh yeah, we got phones now. You're right. We won't. We got a phone. We don't exactly. need a calculator. Exactly. But
0: it's like a supercomputer in our hands. The technology
1: works. So I'm not going to spend my time arguing with someone when I'm when we like we use the tech. Wow, we send money to people in different countries within minutes. Like so mm-hmm. for me. The technology works, the code works, they have the smartest people on the planet working on the code. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it doesn't leave a lot of room for all these naysayers and everybody else who just hate the project, like the government and regulators. You can hate it all you want. You got any developers? Okay, well, all right, this is what we're doing.
0: <laughs> exactly. And it's so interesting how right now uh, there was a remarkable breakthrough, supposedly, that the SEC, the wonderful SEC, who I'm sure you guys love so much, that approved the use of a futures. ETF regarding crypto, which could you kind of poke holes in just how ridiculous that is on every level? Yeah.
2: We don't Yeah, a derivative on a derivative. doesn't impress me. We got from $0 to 60,000 per asset. We got from nothing to a legal tender in a country without it. We don't, it doesn't matter. And plus you can manipulate it. It's kind of like the tail wagging a dog. Whenever you talk about the uh, ability to have futures, because you can, basically be speculative on something and use your purchasing power to try and manipulate price just like they did mm. with gold earlier so actually it's not a it's not a bad thing per se but it's not something mm. i'm excited for if it happens it happens but you don't need it they're
1: doing their same dirty tricks as, I, as just mm. explaining how they had the asset and debt that's the same okay. thing with this right by creating bitcoin etfs and all of this stuff you are essentially creating derivatives in the market so people yeah. get lost in the sauce and they're no longer thinking about buying Bitcoin because here's the power of Bitcoin. Once you buy it and actually use it, you're like, oh, shit, this, wait, this really works like this mm. really works. No, 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 no. Buy this ETF derivative. You get exposure to it, and this piece you know, of paper, but you're not going to be using that bad boy. You're going to be using this Fed coin. So
2: yeah.
1: uh, I think derivatives is a two part play. One is for them to make mm. more money. They say, oh, you think mm. this is a billion trillion dollar market? No. This is a quadrillion dollar market once we get finished with it, with these derivatives. And then the second mm. thing is to get mostly retail investors off of buying Bitcoin. They do not want retail to buy Bitcoin point blank period. Yeah. They never have. Like We were essentially told this from a very uh, close source uh, to the S- from the SEC
0: that mm. they just don't want retail investors involved, period, ever. Because so. that's that's too much legitimacy, or not, they can't legitimacy control the space. Too much freedom. It's
1: yeah. Freedom. No, <laughs> if we people just to Bitcoin, as the Treasury said, they can't sanction people anymore. And here's the deal with sanctions. And again, I'm a proud citizen of America, but no one told America or any other country or any other human they have the power to sanction any other human, especially financially. So this is a technical thing. It's already the hurdle's been jumped. You can no longer uh-huh. financially sanction people if they decide to use Bitcoin. But like I said, the sheet part of it is all the government has to say is this down the other is illegal. We're not going to do this. And as we see in America, people are falling in line. They're like, oh, hey, hey they said, check that box on the tax reform, say we got crypto. We got to check the box. And it's like before the box was on the tax sheet, they said it wasn't real. They said it was for <laughs> criminals and pedophiles. And then two, three years later, it's worth some money. And now they're telling you to check a box or you're going to be criminally prosecuted. Kind of crazy to me. Kind of crazy. It is. I sit in jail next to a rapist and pedophile for not checking the box for having a crypto savings when just two or three years ago wasn't real. You want to tax it. But as I already explained, Bitcoin and and I have suffered, I would say, easily 50 to 60K of losses. None of that's being recovered. None of that will ever be recovered. And that's a Mm. low-end number, to be fair. That's a low-end 60K. It's probably triple digits. None of that would be recovered. Yet yeah, you want to tax me and I need to check a box?
0: <laughs> you know, I was thinking as you get, both of you were talking about, you know, so say the government doesn't like an activist and deems them as a threat or a terrorist. With Bitcoin, you can't freeze their assets, or can you? You can't. If it's just off of an exchange, no.
2: Do you have it, it on a, hard, if you have it in a hardware wallet, a ledger, a treasure, a okay. gold card. There's nothing they can do. You can actually keep the 12-word seed in your head if it comes down to it. So, so just
0: just for our audience, the, the exchange is where people buy and sell the crypto. That's where you
2: buy and sell it, yes.
0: And then it's a good idea to take it off the exchange and put it on cold storage, meaning not connected to the internet, on one of and these devices have- like a Ledger or a Trezor. Mm-hmm, absolutely, because if you keep it on an exchange they own your private keys. I always uh-huh. say
2: no keys, no cheese. For that reason, you don't own your keys, <laughs> you don't own Bitcoin. So move it off into your own storage device so you can be self-sovereign because we may see an event where exchanges may be basically pushed to take Bitcoin off. And then what are you going to do? If they shut down exchanges, if they take it- Which has happened. Um,
1: Exchanges have shut down 3 in the morning.
2: And um, we've, really? seen, we've seen, yeah, we've seen exec, executive order 6102 with gold in 1933, mm. where they blamed the crash on people hoarding gold, uh-huh. they, they blame this next crash, Hillary Clinton just came out and said it, the stability of money, it may be because of cryptocurrencies, what do you think they're going to think to themselves, oh, well, we can do like back in 1933, we blamed it on people hoarding gold, mm. turning it the banks, maybe we can get these exchanges to turn in their Bitcoin. So, uh, just looking at that on the horizon, I won't be surprised.
0: It, yeah. Oh, totally. It's so it's so interesting to listen to people like Jamie Dimon, who has um, vilified crypto, but yet is, I believe, has a subsidiary of JPMorgan Chase that's now dealing directly in 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 crypto type of currency and creating their own coins. And now we have um, governments trying to create their own coins. It seems like they're, they're, they're doing everything in their power because they recognize that this is coming. This is not going away. Please correct me if I'm wrong. And they're trying to figure out, trying to do whatever they can and create whatever mechanisms they can to retain as much control as they can, like these future ETFs um, that kind of have people say, no, low, go look over here. Oh, we're going to take care of you. No, no, go look over here. No, don't buy this directly. And, and and then I listen to you guys and i get the real deal and then I listen to what jamie Diamond says either it's it's straight up ignorance or it's or it's just a willing misrepresentation of what's going on do you know what i'm saying i think is i think it's
1: both uh one thing you got to remember and I always tell people this I, I saw it in the military i understand this i did PR mm-hmm. like governments especially bigger governments you talk in china i mean China actually came out and said it years ago i think it was in uh, Mao Zedong's uh quotes whatever uh mm-hmm. yeah his quotations whatever he said you no know, China's fighting a 100 year war like we're planning for the next 100 years we're not even worried about this first 100 we lost this uh the governments United States they don't go into planning saying oh, okay this is how we're gonna do it this year next four years no they go into it 50 to 100 years from now 60 to 100 years from now how can the federal mm-hmm. government the whole thing about federal government is why I say all the presidents are saying to me they're trying to give more power to the federal government. It's always been this thing between kings, lords, federal mm-hmm. government, state governments, governors, sure. presidents. It is what it is. The federal government wants to grow. Yeah, they're just massaging you because they mm-hmm. have all they have for the rest of the entirety of time to say, hey, we need America to be strong. We use our dollar to be strong. Bitcoin is messing with that. They're on a the plan. Now, I will say what some of it is some of it is ignorant. Some of it is also intentional as far as misdirection. But it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. That's why we say the war has been won, regardless of his intentional misdirection or whatever. Bitcoin, as they say the best, they're just playing whack-a-mole. They're trying to figure out how they can control this thing. They can't. And the reason why is because a lot like overwhelming majority of people in power, not just in government, but in mm-hmm. many positions. Look at the prison system, uh, mayor, government, like all these people, especially in the United States specifically, we're so used to having this capitalistic mindset of dog eat dog. There has to be a winner. There has to be a loser. There has to be a good. There has to be a bad. They're not understanding with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Everyone can actually win. There doesn't have to be. We have to prosecute this group. We had to go against. No, no. If we were if they were to actually embrace this everywhere and just understand that, yeah, you know what? We won't be able to control currency or the or the financial market across the globe moving Mm -hmm. forward. So as humans and as a country. What else can we do to adapt? That To me, that's all it is. It's just a pivot. What other ways can we exert control? We don't just say, well, we can't do with the dollar. Let's, let's, let's cancel Bitcoin or fight Bitcoin. It's like, that's a fight we're going to lose. And we're going to spend a lot of taxpayer money trying to win that fight that we're going to lose. So at this point, I think everybody just needs to come to the table, and understand, hey, we can work together and get this through. Like, no one wants a pedophile or a criminal or a rapist to be roaming or a terrorist to be roaming around free using Bitcoin and cryptocurrency as a way to maneuver. No one wants that. But we also don't want uh, financial exclusion either. You know, we don't want a barrier to entry to the financial market for anyone either. But
0: I mean, you're everything you're saying, King, is like just like what the mainstream media is 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 doing is flipping what you're saying on its head and vilifying the people who are standing for this when really what you're saying is that actually we're going to level the playing field and and lower the 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 barriers to entry or get rid of them and allow more people to participate in our economy in a meaningful way when we come back the gentlemen of crypto share their views of america and how the mission of bitcoin fits into their perspectives moving forward And this episode of Rhythm of Life is brought to you by Bungie Gym. Build abdominal strength and alleviate pain in just three minutes a day. As stress builds up over time, our bodies become compromised, which leads to injury, lack of flexibility, and balance. Movements gradually become more restricted, resulting in weak points, predominantly in the knees, lower back, and neck. But transformation is possible and easily achieved. It works fast and without even breaking a sweat. Once you've fired up a quick reset to the core muscles, it's time to move. To find out more, just go to bungygym.com. That's b u n g i g y m.com. That's bungygym.com. Also, check out the groundbreaking film Leaps of Faiths about interfaith marriage, distributed by Film Movement. Love tests faith, faith tests love. Interfaith marriage. How does that work? What about the in-laws? How to raise the kids? For 30 years, Catholics and Jews in Chicago have found that the answers don't have to be so hard. Boundaries can be crossed, divisions healed. And how do the kids turn out? The film follows five of them who grew up learning about Judaism and Catholicism. Their families imagined possibilities and discovered them. Leaps of Faiths is available on Amazon, Vudu, and iTunes. Just before we started the interview, you mentioned, like, hey, I'm a proud citizen. And part of me is thinking wanting to ask you why why are you a proud citizen of the united states given this the history of the united states it's not americans that's doing it it's outside forces yeah for one it's what not I'm american. Saying
2: if you get rid of the federal reserve it's like a couple thousand people versus <laughs> a billions like, what, what happens when everybody understands that we just get rid of a couple thousand people a part of a few different families like that's it they're not american well that's, that's not-, not american so that's why you can be proud of America, but understand we got co-opted by somebody who wasn't. But so we were, all, we were well on our way to a great America before mm, the Federal Reserve. Mm. Most people don't realize is in the Black community, the number two biggest time for growth in our economy was in the late eighteen hundreds, right after slavery. We were going just fine. We were on the right trajectory until mm. the Federal Reserve came in nineteen thirteen. That was you know ten years later, and then all of a sudden you have some changes in the economy because of the fiat standard. Because you want to disenfranchise people to get your own money, that's when it all started. So we were well on our way. That's why I, I'm proud to be an America, too. But it's like, these are not Americans. we being that's controlled by people are not
1: Americans.
2: So that's well, what I'm saying. Like, this is not America. They're being co-opted by people who are their bosses or people that they listen to.
0: Well, as, as long as we're on the subject, could I just get a, a little bit from both of you uh, as to, like, what? Do you like about the concept of America specifically? Right. And, and really quick, I want to add also, uh, I do get where their country's coming from.
1: And as far as retail investors getting crypto and we, we were trying to figure out why and all this, this is a real reason. It technically is a national security issue. If citizens start understanding their value, understanding, controlling the value, becoming their own bank and owning Bitcoin, It actually is a national security issue in the way we've been doing things because we will turn
0: into a real democracy. Once people Uh-oh. have their Uh-oh. own money and value. We can't do that. We can't have that because then you know the will of the people is actually going to happen. <laughs> exactly. And, no, and we- we're actually seeing that now, this
1: whole going back to work thing. Isn't that the big news? No one wants to go back to work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Imagine if people were their own banks. Forget going back oh, to work. I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to do things my way in totality. That is a national security concern to the people in charge. And this, the second thing is why I'm still a proud American, proud citizen. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I keep it very simple. It's As simple as this: when, mm-hmm. in regards to America, for sure, and to me, the rest of the planet also, everything, mm-hmm. everywhere, has been done by human beings. So I've never had that. Uh, I remember when I moved from Detroit. I lived, grew up in Detroit. The city was like ninety-nine percent black in the nineties when I grew up. Mm-hmm. I moved to North mm-hmm. Carolina. I don't know the numbers. Maybe like ten to twenty percent black people. So the culture shift was totally different. And I say that because in Detroit, I grew up around black mayors politicians, police officers, Mm -hmm. bad guys, good guys, everything. I saw it all as far as black people. In North Carolina, there was this whole uh, cultural thing where well, maybe blacks are treated like this or you can't talk like this or people treat, you know, its all this southern treatment that's different. I say all that to say I grew up as an American citizen in this country and also understanding that people took this country over from other people just like they've done Mm -hmm. every other body of land on the planet. Whoever's Mm -hmm. in charge, whoever takes it, owns it. So I'm a proud American citizen because if I want to do anything in this country, I can do it, whether it's with the law and against the law, because whoever's in charge gets to determine the law. So even if I'm breaking the law up until the ninth inning and then I take control, it's not breaking the law anymore because I'll just switch them. So
2: essentially what I'm
1: saying is, yeah, there's not another human that I feel like, I won't say another, I got to like my list of like 10 people. I would say these are great men, but I haven't seen Mm -hmm. a lot of great men. I would say I value them as a human over me. So I'm going to start listening to everything they say especially when I was born with an old contract from slavery that I never agreed to or signed on speaking of the constitution and stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, essentially when it comes to America or the rest of the planet, I, wherever I go, if I want it, I'm getting it. Or you get your people and your capital and your research and you do the best you can do. But I mm-hmm. feel like, uh, I feel like the teams I surround myself with, the people I surround myself with are very intellectual individuals who want the best mm-hmm. for this country. And that's who decides it. I mean, it's that simple. That's who decides. We just we just saw it for four different three or four different times. Uh, granted, it we was still within the uh, constraints of how we do elections as far as oh. but we did see cultural shifts. There was a Bush Jr. Then it was Obama. Those were huge cultural shifts. Then Trump. Yeah. Now Biden and Kamala. Huge cultural shifts still mm. within the framework of how we do the elections. But let's not get it twisted. America exactly. is a very young country. We're 240 years old or something. Mm-hmm. Super young, super young. So, you're not going to tell me a new system isn't going to tell me how I should go about with leadership or taking control. Like, no, Genghis Khan took over half the world by taking it. The United States, we took the United States by saying F you to the UK. So, that's what this is about. And yeah, I, I stand strong in that. Now, granted, you don't have to do all the violent stuff these days. You can take things through economic means, you can take mm-hmm. things through political means, through speeches and everything but it's mm-hmm. still available to whoever wants it gets to take it.
2: Isaiah, did you want to comment? Yeah, well, the people in power to me don't represent America and my people built America. My people are actually natives. And the way that we migrated through America, we actually <laughs> helped build it. So why would I want to go anywhere else? Um, and then on top of that, the long standing history that has come about for most uh, black Americans to me has shown our resiliency. So. It hasn't really affected me as far as being able to be happy to be from here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm happy to be uh, American, and then on top of that, I've traveled internationally, and I see how other places are. And mm-hmm. most people, they hate America till you travel and you realize, oh shit, this is actually better than most places. Yeah, these two oceans so, like, that
1: protect us is pretty yeah. nice, aren't they? Yeah, you take
2: a lot of things <laughs> for granted. Yeah, food, the the ease of use for a lot of things. Um, Mm. Things that I'm used to. Again, like I said, I'm not, you know, saying this is the greatest area. There's nothing wrong with it. Of course we have problems. But that's That's also why we point out problems, because when you care about a place, just like you care about family, you want to make it better. Because if we're going to be the best, nothing is more American to me than Bitcoin. This is why I'm so adamant about us getting into it. Uh, We talk about real freedom. What are we talking about? So that's what this was uh, supposedly founded on. And this is what we should work towards, even though the Fathers mm. might have been off a little bit because they were talking about freedom for people that look like them. But we're right. talking about freedom. We can actually uh, actually improve what they were talking about with what we're doing now.
0: Yeah, because currency st- is at the heart of the way society functions. You can talk till you're blue in the face about do- new policy proposals. But really, who's ever controlling the money is really controlling what's going on. And fundamentally. I'm, I'm
1: glad they said it. That. And that's what is really important. We're, we're, <laughs> exactly. we're critical because it's almost like you come home and it's like trash and food everywhere you're like oh what's going on like why is there trash and food everywhere like put this pick it up clean the that's, dishes that's more what it is it's more just like oh I live here like I live here mm-hmm. I like living here as mm-hmm. they said uh, he does have Native American blood in him so some of his people actually helped build oh oh, he's talking yeah. Native American yeah, Native. oh I didn't realize living. Oh, yeah they still live in Oklahoma oh so, wow right. oh so you're wow and, and so yeah so i get what he's saying he's like no i feel like i got a right to this i'm the same yes. way i feel like hey if, hey I didn't, i didn't come here on my own people this is this yeah. hey, i didn't start my own problem all right i'm a, I'm a monster <laughs> you're gonna have me pop up in this place i didn't start this but no seriously we talk like that because it's like we do understand again everyone can win we understand and not even speaking of the whole entire planet mm-hmm. talking about america we are in a very unique time right now with technology yes. We can make yes. America so that I think personally, 75 percent can be winning. We can turn this into a very wealthy country to the extent a like over half the country is wealthy. And w- if anything, when you say, well, who are going to be the poor people? The immigrants. That's how they're going to earn their citizenship. There are so mm-hmm. many ways to actually do this the proper way. <laughs> it's like, but we're not doing it. So that's all we are. When We're critical. We're just critical. It's just like, yo, Clint, this is a beautiful home. This home is beautiful. We got these two big oceans protecting us. We already beat up on our neighbors, so they're not gonna never try nothing. Mm-hmm. This is a beautiful home. Can we at least just clean it up and keep it clean? And as they mentioned, the issue is some of the people in charge, they're not actually from America. So they don't care right, about right, right. everybody winning or keeping everyone happy. No, they have an estate in the UK somewhere. They have an estate in France, they have an estate or business mm-hmm. in China and Japan. They don't care. So uh yeah. it's just the America. It's- just a little straightening.
2: Cool. Yeah. What's America, that say? America is a it's a registered company in Delaware.
1: There it
0: is. So so
2: this is just my favorite company in the world. I love so this. Why company. would I not try to support it? We're all shareholders <laughs> with our social security numbers, whether we want to or not. So
0: why would I not try to improve our product? You know, I wanted to ask you guys also about you know, Bitcoin's gonna has a finite supply of twenty one million coins. <laughs> America's planet printing dollars like there's no tomorrow. So obviously, the value of the dollar is going to continue to decrease. And the value of Bitcoin is most likely, it looks like all signs are positive that it's going to continue to increase and increase. Can fiat currency and crypto and Bitcoin specifically coexist, you know, in a healthy manner? But what happens when the dollar just continues to decrease in value to the point of, Will we even talk about Bitcoin in terms of what the value is in terms of dollars? I don't think our kids will. Really? Uh,
2: grandkids? I think it'll okay. be either mostly a Satoshi standard and, or BITS at that point. Okay. Just basically uh, nominal units that people use in the digital space. Okay. Everything is going digital. And I think the way we view checks, people writing a mm-hmm. check, or the way mm-hmm. we view old, old types of uh, laws... Mm-hmm. basically just look at that i i think banks will be a relic i think our kids will laugh and say you used to have to go in there stand in line fill out a piece of paper to get your own money and then there was limits on it and then you had to ask somebody to give them they're gonna laugh at us and i think that mm-hmm. yes we will have a different standard for money uh it will take some time because again this is uh sort of the fourth turning uh this is the change in how empires work and a lot of times when uh that change happens it seems off or same seems weird, but when we're going to a digital world, this is what it is. And we just got to get used to it. King, did you have
0: something to say about that? No, I think tomorrow? you
1: don't hear. I'm the same. I think, uh, yeah, probably our grandchildren. I don't think the dollar, so two things. It's never going to go all the way away because, again, that will be a national security concern. And they won't let that happen. I think we mm-hmm. will, uh, like paper currency, it probably will be a thing in the past, I hope, because it is a relic. Like you use a plastic card. To go to a machine exactly to get paper exactly. out. Whereas exactly. LA they're not even accepting the paper no more. They don't they don't accept cash at a lot of places in LA. So it's already really oh yeah. At least half the places don't accept cash, period. If you go you're, no going, you're carrying cash from LA, you will be stuck washing the dishes somewhere. Um uh, like tacos, that's the only thing you buy. Yeah, in LA. yeah tacos, yeah. Yeah, like uh, mom and pops, you can still use cash, but okay. Um yeah, I, I think that we're going to switch to like a Fed coin. There'll be like a Federal Reserve coin in conjunction with the United States. And then they'll have a play to essentially, um, you know, as people start turning in their money, every time you go to the bank and everything, you'll no longer mm-hmm. receive cash back. They'll do it to where you turning your cash days, turning cash, we're giving out this U.S. Mm-hmm. Fed coin, which is the equivalent of $5 equals one U.S. Fed coin. So by that time, okay. that'll probably be the dilution. Uh, and we're already kind of seeing that with the, with the city coins, New York City coin, Miami coin, like, right, right. That's, that's what that's about. Like It's slowly happening. Again, they're just trying to figure out the best way to work it. Um, the only issue I've really seen is no matter what coins they come up with, everyone keeps looking at Bitcoin in the market as this is what it is. Like This is going to be the market for the next uh, t- until 2140 when the last Bitcoin is mine. When in reality, wow. just in the last 18 months, two years, we saw NFTs in DeFi arrive for the first time, uh, full mm. full suites. So we don't even know. Like, Let's say in, the, in 2022, 2023, they do have their Fed coin up and running. Cash is no longer a thing. This and other. We don't know what Bitcoin, what type of upgrade will be there. We don't know what type of new project will be on the scene. So that's the thing where it's like,
0: people <laughs> still understand. This is only 13 years old and the technology is superior. Right. It's superior right, right. at 13 years old. It's, it's it's amazing. And you mentioned the, the, the city coins. Um, And now the mayor of New York and Miami are taking their salaries or part of their salaries in Bitcoin. Zay, aren't you consulting with Miami about their coin? Could you talk Um, a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, so I'll be doing a project lead for Miami Coin and Bitcoin in Miami with Mayor Suarez. Um, Coming up with a plan now to basically flood the city with both, trying to make it the Bitcoin capital of the world. Mm. Uh, The first few steps that have come out, Mayor Suarez will be taking his entire income for this year in Bitcoin. Mm. Uh, The second thing is every citizen of Miami will be able to earn Bitcoin yield using the digital wallet, using Stacks, which is the protocol so they can earn Bitcoin yield uh, just for supporting the city. And if you think of it as a tiered, layered thing, basically what we're doing is saving Bitcoin, invest uh, invest, uh, Stacks as far as Mm. liquidity pool, and then spend Miami coin. And that's basically a way to improve on what Bitcoin has already created. It's basically defi on Bitcoin, decentralized finance. Being able to transact with businesses who accept it, you can give them incentives to save it, all of that good stuff. So, uh, and Miami is primed for it. They already have the infrastructure in place, and a mayor that wants it to happen.
0: Interesting. Well, it's it's incredible. But you know, a, a lot of people that kind of are you know outside thinkers, they'll say, "Well, Bitcoin can't do what Ethereum does," and it, and you know, there's these other coins that can do a lot more. I mean, what do, you, what do you say to that in terms of the prowess of Bitcoin? Yeah,
2: Bitcoin's goal is to be money, peer-to-peer global money. Okay. There's no industry bigger than money. Yeah. So whatever goal that they have is smaller than money. So even if they achieve their goal, if Bitcoin mm-hmm. achieves its goal, it's still bigger than whatever they have going on. So there's no way that the value that they have can be more than money because that is, outside of communication, the only way that humans interact either through communication or through transactions. We've okay. Created the internet already, and Bitcoin is the second iteration of that as far as value. Anything else that's created, they have projects that are tech projects that include a cryptocurrency. Because the thing with Bitcoin I always ask is, any project, can it be built on Bitcoin? For one, usually yes. For two, the project that they built, does it need a cryptocurrency? Most of the time, no. So what they're using is, a speculative cryptocurrency, in order to give the people who use it the ability to increase their fiat value, so to say, or price, I should say, but it doesn't increase the value. That's why people say, "Hey, Ethereum has more developers. Ethereum has more whatever validators is more whatever they think." The problem is, their goal is not to be money because if it was, it would be a terrible form of money. They already
0: had a fork after a hack. They got oh, hacked for 150 you, million you- dollars. Could you explain what a fork is? I was just going to ask you about yeah. that. What is a fork? Because when you guys first used that term, I thought you were saying something else. What <laughs> is a fork when it comes to cryptocurrency? All
2: that means is that they got, a, they got hacked for $150 million and the fork means that they undid that transaction so that that okay. chain could continue on without everybody losing their money. By everybody, I mean their DAO, which is a decentralized autonomous organization. It's a group of people. They raise money in cryptocurrency. Okay. That's what started Ethereum. Problem is that DAO got hacked, so they forked it off. That's why we have Ethereum Classic, which is the original chain. Okay. And then you have Ethereum, which they rolled back that transaction. They were like, all right, rewind. We're going to change it. That's what we have now. Which is the
0: good Ethereum, the Ethereum or Ethereum Classic? Ethereum,
2: the main is Ethereum, just the word. Okay. Uh, The problem is, again, like we said before, even their protocol, proof of stake, that gives power to people that have the money to buy a stake, 32 Ethereum, to be a validator in order to make decisions. So would you rather have proof of work where you have to prove your mining capacity, where you actually have to work in order to get that reward, or who has the most money? That's what we have now. That's all the Federal Reserve is, is a bunch of validators, proof of stake. So it's not the best form of money, but... It is a way is very popular for people to use for other things, NFTs, decentralized apps, and even that is being challenged now because NFTs gas fees looking a little crazy, buddy. Yeah, the gas fees. Uh, (laughs) And then also, two layer two protocols are supposed to save that, but there's other protocols that have better layer one technology, so they have competition. Other platforms have a lot of different use cases, but none of them are trying to be money money is the most important asset in the world that is gotcha and so if bitcoin is trying to take over 800 trillion dollar market and ethereum's goal is to be at most 20 trillion what is you know what i mean what is and, and re- not- really
1: quick just want to okay. piggyback on the fork so the fork is the same as a fork in a row fork in a row you go left or you right. go right uh right. going back to that blockchain example when i said the blocks how uh, they validated, that's what forms a block and if mm-hmm. one was wrong essentially uh that's how you could fork it that wrong when everybody agree with it I.E. Uh, when Bitcoin Cash was formed, Bitcoin Cash cloned the Bitcoin blockchain. They literally just cloned mm-hmm. the Bitcoin blockchain, used the same code, uh, and then added a few different things and said, this is the new Bitcoin. We're going this way. It's called Bitcoin Cash. That's essentially mm-hmm. a fork. That's a hard fork. And a hard fork is a hard fork because it wasn't consensus. Everyone didn't agree on it. So you got some okay. people going this way. You got some people going that way. Which it's- is kind of rare, right, with Bitcoin, right? right? Yeah. Well, It's never happened.
0: Yeah. Oh. Oh. It's never. Oh. Well. No. Never happened with with the hard fork for
1: sure. A soft fork is what we just saw with like Bitcoin Tap fork is is upgrade was where everyone agrees that hey this upgrade's coming it's going to change the blockchain. When it changes, go with the new one. So that's a soft fork. We're still forking, but everybody agreed to fork it because it makes sense with the upgrade. A hard fork is. What? Bitcoin in the real Bitcoin. Bitcoin cash is Bitcoin
0: platinum. Bitcoin oh, so there's NFT. a disagreement. Yeah. And then they take the
1: chain and they go a different direction. And then the people who have the computers and nodes validators, we all decide, all right, are we going to go with Bitcoin cash and Bitcoin diamond over here? Or are we going to stay with the regular Bitcoin? So we're not going to fork. But that is essentially just a fork. Fork in the road.
0: Wow. That's incredible. And, you know, when you both of you were talking, it made me realize something else that is really critical here is that particularly with miami coin new york city i think is coming out with a coin now right and their Mm -hmm. and their mayors are taking their some of their salaries in cryptocurrency and we see people talking out of both sides of their mouths like jamie Dimon, on a regular basis i mean you guys really give people the 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 perspective to really interpret the media landscape right now in a really powerful and fundamental way so i'm wondering like How would you explain it to a layman in terms of where are we with mass adoption? Are we still very much in the early stages? And and, Oh, and some professional athletes are now um, taking their salaries in crypto. And we saw the big Crypto.com during the World Series uh, commercial. I was like, what? Well, they
1: sponsor UFC now. And then, of course, Staples Center gets renamed
0: Crypto.com on Christmas Day. Exactly. And then we see – yeah, Yeah, and then, but then, and I'm thinking immediately I see, oh Matt Damon's on the commercial I like him, I've heard him talk about things, he seems to be a decent guy, pretty intelligent guy, and then you guys broke down and totally shattered that because the company that came up was really another company that did all types of malfeasance <laughs> but but, where are we with mass adoption if we could kind of put it in some context for our listeners I, th- I think we're getting close, we're not there, I think, uh Say thirteen
1: percent, maybe. I think really one. Yeah, they say say two
2: percent on it. I don't think they have correct numbers. I say ten to fifteen. Okay, yeah,
1: all right. I I would say yeah. They say
2: two percent only because they probably can't identify wallets in other countries. Mm -hmm. But there's plenty of international people I know that have a lot of Bitcoin or a lot of different cryptocurrencies, and it's not registering on different exchanges that they get their metrics from. So I would say probably 10 to 15% is still very early. I know
1: it's not mass adoption yet because people still like, again, it works. Like that's what people, <laughs> a lot of people are looking at this as investments and stuff and I get it. But again, the technology is very important and powerful because it allows people who are, whether they're in a cave in a third world country or wherever they're, or whether they're a homeless person. We talked about this the other day, a homeless person in the city of mm-hmm. LA who can't get a bank account because they don't have an ID with a home address because they're homeless. They don't mm-hmm. need none of that everybody can just pick up your phone uh, and use your phone for bitcoin and become a bank i say we're not at mass adoption yet because we're not seeing people transact like that when you start seeing yeah. people transact like that normally the same way like kind of cash app cash app has become very cash app. venmo there are a lot of young people now who are oh yeah will just cash app you real quick i'll just venmo you i mean i see that at dinner all the time oh it's split up cash uh-huh. Venmo. a lot of people uh-huh. use that when it gets to that point with crypto wallets you mind if i send you doge real quick i kind of see you some bitcoin i see you some tether can i see you some ethereum when it gets like that, that is when we'll start really getting the mass adoption. We're not we're not even closer yet to yes. a the dinner table. It's like, hey, you owe me forty, you owe me forty, you owe me thirty. Uh, send it. And then once we start talking satoshis, we'll really be in it. It's like, how much are I owe you? Uh, Three thousand satoshis for that. Oh, that's ten thousand satoshis, or that's eighty bits. Where Once we start talking like that, and once transactions are done from our phones from those crypto wallets, that's when we'll start seeing actual mass adoption.
0: So I mean it. You know everything you're saying is leading us is directing people to say buy some Bitcoin and hold it. Yeah, for we, a while. we think it's the future. Uh, I'll tell you what yeah. I know. I didn't buy enough yet. Uh, so. <laughs> this is this is not investment advice. No, for sure. For anybody not. listening at all in any way, shape, or form, this is just our opinions. But that's what it seems to indicate. Like this is just going to increase in adoption because we've seen. Bitcoin try to be sabotaged many, many times. It survived. We've, t- we, t- we, we see and hear politicians and government officials and people of influence, um, and bank officials like Jamie Dimon vilifying it. And now kind of so like being talking a little bit more friendly toward it, creating their own digital currencies. Now we've got mayors of cities creating their own coins. Um, so we're right on, on the very beginning of it. So we're, there's, there's a lo- long way to go. Is this accurate with yeah. both of you?
2: I would say on the adoption curve, mm-hmm. we're uh, well, looking at the adoption curve, we're mm-hmm. at around 96, 97 internet. So we're still early enough to where you can still make a big impact, but we haven't mm-hmm. really had, in my opinion, a huge blow-off bubble where everybody's all in, but nobody oh. knows what's going on.
0: Right, right, uh, right. We're,
2: we're, we're like right before that. Yeah, that's the, yeah,
0: something. that was my thinking too. Because, like, you see, like, say, I heard Ant, oh, you were on. Uh, I think, say, you were on Anthony Pompliano's uh, podcast not too long ago, which which was really interesting. And he had on, um, uh, uh Kevin O'Leary, I think, from yeah. Shark Tank. And you guys have had plenty, especially you, King, have had plenty of things to say about him, oh, yeah. um, Mr. Um, Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> but you know, Mr. Wonderful, but you know, he 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 was not a fan of crypto and now he is and he spoke pretty candidly on the Pom podcast it was really interesting to hear you talk on the podcast and i think anthony pompliano manages a tremendous amount of money for a lot of institutional investors and they're holding you know more and more of these people in these positions where they're managing a lot of money scaramucci yeah. as well um They're holding more in Bitcoin and they have to explain this to people who like will lose their minds with a speculative type of investment. But it seems like Bitcoin does not seem speculative to me at all. It seems like a really, I mean, you know, knock on wood, it seems to be a pretty stable investment if you really understand fundamentally what's going on. Would you concur with that? Yeah, I would say it's more speculative
1: because people aren't educated. It is what it okay. is. Okay. Um, yeah, and that's because, and I say that because, again, when I read the white paper and I fully understood what Bitcoin cryptocurrency mm-hmm. was, it was a two second. Oh, all right, I'm in. Like, really? I didn't go. Oh, yeah. I didn't go huh. all the way in only because I didn't know. Again, what we're looking at right now when the mainstream will start to realize it too, like the, mm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, one of the I won't say worst things, but one of the cautionary things mean, if you're the first person to the party or the first person through the door we know you face the most danger or you exactly. just or you just at the party you got a club all by yourself it's 9 30. Mm-hmm. i heard people get here around 11 30. so <laughs> right now it's like
0: 10 p.m for us We still got you know an hour can, and a half. you 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 analogize a lot of situations to being at the club i noticed <laughs> so you're giving us some <laughs> well, insight into well, your well, to be fair
1: that's how i started investing in crypto i say i'm not going out anymore i'm not going to restaurants and out partying i'm going to use that money for crypto um, right exactly but, but seriously i yeah i think it's still early um like like bitcoins they said um and i think the the speculative part of it is just people not understanding the traditional mm-hmm. system or right. the technology because for me it's like when you read the white paper if you look at the code like it, what else is there to talk about it works so it's no speculation to me because it works the speculation is the price point and that's because people are saying well i want to make money today or i don't want to make money today or this works today or this doesn't work instead of just being like yo the project works but
0: and you know, this brings me to ju- block.
1: what's that, Isaiah?
0: I
2: just said TikTok next block. Exactly. No matter you what know, people put a price on it. It's still. And working.
0: this this is why you guys play such a pivotal role. So could you t- t- explain for our audience a little bit about um, you started KRBE. The um, could you talk about that your master class and your digital assets group specifically the name and what the objective and how you are educating the public about this.
1: Yeah, so I got to give uh, Bitcoin Zay the hand clap for Digital Assets Group. I was like, should we name it Kirby Cryptocurrency, whatever? And Kirby is just knowing, reaching, believing in the elite, knowing you can become the, an, an elitist in society. We don't stray away from that. We're like, yeah, you should want to become one of the top people in society. Why not? Work hard. So that's what that's mm-hmm. about. But the digital assets, uh, Bitcoin Zay saw the writing on the wall years ago. I mean, I remember 2016, we were trying to figure out names and stuff. And I'm like, well, why don't we just say Bitcoin and cryptocurrency? So people, he's like, he's just like, no, digital assets is where is that? Like, Mm-hmm. That encompasses the entire landscape of everything we're doing, <laughs> I not sure that I
2: with that, but well, that's another story, yeah. And okay, he was,
1: and he was right. So, digital assets is the name because we do talk about all you know, all digital assets, NFTs, Bitcoin, uh, all different types of altcoins, and then again, that goes back to the masterclass. The Kirby Digital Assets Masterclass is a 12 hour, 14 module masterclass, mm-hmm. uh, where for the most part, we're still, I mean, it's again, we're super proud of this right now we've talked we had we covered just about everything in the space now granted there's new things popping up every day but mm-hmm. we, we kept it broad as possible this isn't the this is how you become rich overnight it's this is mm-hmm. how you learn all things crypto you just how you learn about NFTs, mm-hmm. how you learn how to invoice people from your own bitcoin pay servers how you learn to mm-hmm. swap how you learn to get off exchanges and do everything within your own wallet cyber security mm-hmm. how to do your own research we talk about Everything. And then the newest thing which we, we the crown one of the crown jewels we ended on was the DeFi thing with the mm. yield farming and collateralized loans, which is yeah. huge because as we show people, when we coined a term uh, called CFC, uh, <coughs> CFCls, else, uh, credit free collateralized loans. Uh, that's because right now in the DeFi space, all you need is your crypto. And we teach you how to do this. And so many people have made their money back. Because when the when the course was released, uh, Ethereum was only nineteen hundred dollars. We show people how to stake their Ethereum, essentially how to use as a loan. Uh, We have some people do an example. Some people put about $10,000, $5,000 of Ethereum up as a collateralized loan. They Mm. put 80% of the cash against it. And with that cash, they were able to either buy more Ethereum and keep looping that until their total value loan ratio decreased to the point they couldn't uh, take any more out, or they actually took that money out and went to go pay off debt. Or Mm -hmm. some guys I know bought more miners where they started mining. And then once they paid off that loan, oh, man, look at Ethereum today. Some people paid off the loan. Ethereum was $4,000. Some people paid off the loan. Ethereum was $3,800. But essentially, they paid off the loan from when they staked their Ethereum at $1,900. They paid off and they have all their Ethereum in higher value amounts still left over. Essentially, you just got free money. So you start talking about doing that with a house, saying, hey, I'm going to collateralize $400,000 of Bitcoin for a house. And then you pay that off. In 30 years, you get your Bitcoin back. That is huge. Right now, there is a new company. I saw Mike Novogratz is actually working with a company as of yesterday where they're trying to uh, create DeFi credit scores. It is probably going to happen, but right now is not there. No one's doing it. And you with no credit can give yourself a loan. So we teach you all those different things in the master class. So people know Mm. that they can literally become their own bank and do business as a bank as well. They want.
0: It's amazing with the just the idea. It's hard for people to wrap their minds around this: is that you can buy something, and then you can make money on it without selling it. Yeah, which is essentially what you're saying. Yielding collateralized loans and staking. These are terms that you know we need to. How would you How would you define staking? Like quickly, staking if you, you just essentially it's a higher, it's a more aggressive savings account. And the reason why
1: is, Oh, okay. Yeah. And I say that because, so staking it, it, uh, any crypto, let's just say Bitcoin, even though you really can't use okay. Bitcoin like that, but whatever cryptocurrency you can think of, the more people who actually hold that cryptocurrency makes that project more valuable. Uh, and by staking it, they can actually make it valuable by a twofold. It's like, A, there's people holding this project's token. They not plan on selling it, which is why I stake some stakes. Uh, You can stake something, essentially put it in an account you can take it out when you want. Other stakes Mm. say, no, you have to keep it here for 30 days, 60 days, a year. okay. So you
0: don't have access to it. Some. For a little bit. Some. Some are 24-7. So
1: it just depends. The ones that you don't have access to, they usually have higher ROI. So maybe you don't have Mm. access for 30 days, but 12%. The ones you do have access to, it might only go up to like 8%. But regardless, when you stake, not only do you provide Mm. strength to that project to let people know that people are holding these coins, but you also Mm. provide liquidity. Different protocols if you're staking on them, they'll use that money you stake to provide liquidity to other people trying to do transactions. So that's why you're getting rewarded for actually keeping your money in that project.
0: Incredible. I mean, that's just a tough concept for people to understand on on, on every level that you can, you know, again, just taking a step back that you can buy an asset or whatever you know, Bitcoin. And then you can actually make money on it without selling it. And it's a store of value. And a lot of people are referring to it as digital gold. I don't think that really encompasses it. How would you guys like to speak about it in terms of how Bitcoin will play out in terms of its role in the space, in the cryptocurrency space and our economy in general? Uh, yeah. So
2: as far as digital gold, uh, as far as it'll, how it'll play out, um, for the most part, I think we're right on the Lindy curve. Uh, uh-huh. We're at the store value. The medium of exchange error will come probably in the next 10 to 12 years okay? Uh, because we'll have enough liquidity where the volatility will not be a problem. So you have less volatility. Mm-hmm. It'll be more of an ability to spend. And also businesses as well as customers will be incentivized to use Bitcoin for purchasing power because that mm. purchasing power will increase as you hold Bitcoin. It is essentially the hardest money. And the way good money works is as more work is done, which will be done. Mm -hmm. Uh, The value increases and price follows. That's where I see it. And then from that point, as more people accept it, it will move to unit of account. That's in the next 20 years where basically businesses, accountants, anybody will basically be able to transact or look at the blockchain and look at how they account for businesses in satoshis. Is there, I mean, you
1: see why I was quiet, Steve, a, a smart yeah. man, a
0: smart man knows when to be quiet. All right. <laughs> well, I know you also, for our listeners that don't know about Zay is that he was a teacher and he comes from a family of teachers, right? Absolutely. Yep. Le- lecture has started anyway. <laughs> um, oh, did Zay have to go?
1: Uh, I don't know. I'm texting now. He might've got disconnected. He's in hotel to hotel right now, in Miami, but just in case we lost him all good.
0: Okay. You guys have been so great. I really, really appreciate your time. This has been extremely informative. What else should our audience know? What uh, what other thoughts should should we leave them with about uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general and what you guys are up to?
1: So I would say um, it's not a sprint. It's not a sprint. Everyone, you know, many, I want to say everyone, many people enter this market hearing of the high return saying, I want to get rich quick. That is the fastest way to lose it. I would mm. say... For one, there's always a new project. Like literally, we talk about all the time, when you look at the top 10 coins, mm-hmm. at this point, every four to six months now, they're swapping around, with the exception of the top one and two of Bitcoin and Ethereum. But the rest, I mean, XRP Ripple was at number three for how long? You know, Ripple's the next big thing. Remember that? Ripple, 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 Ripple. Then all of a sudden, it was Cardano, Cardano, Cardano. Then all of a sudden, it was Dogecoin, Dogecoin, Dogecoin. Now it was Shiba, Shiba, Shiba. Now it's this. So my point is, for people entering the market, there will mm. always be a new project with high returns because the technology is moving that fast. We've seen in this market mm-hmm. a year and a half, two years, some type of
0: new technology is coming out of this market. It's just happening that fast. So, Well, don't you guys do deep dives on these new projects and kind of give your analysis? What do you specifically look for? Like, Are there a few main benchmarks you say, hey, this code isn't good or it hasn't been audited? For
1: sure. So definitely look
0: at the code. uh, But we
1: know a lot of people don't have a technical background. So let's say you don't have a technical background. Right. Uh, First thing I would say, look at the website. Look at the team. Who are these people on the team? Look at their LinkedIn's. I will say be careful. And this is the part of the market where it's scary and crazy. Some of these uh, criminal organizations and scammers have become so sophisticated. They literally have real fake offices, offices you can call, Mm. physical addresses. Names on the thing, they've been there for three months and it's all fake. Mm. It's all a big hoax to do an ICO wow. to get everybody's money. So you still have to be careful when you do these deep dives. But I would say, look at the team. Are they notable? Are they public? Have they had mm. any other projects in the past? Not necessarily in crypto, but any project success? If They haven't ever had mm-hmm. a project success. Then it's like, why would they all of a sudden have a 30 million project, 30 million dollar project that they'll succeed from? So definitely look at the team. I would say, look at the Telegram channels, Bitcoin forum the Reddits, mm. the YouTubes, the Twitters, to get mm. a community perspective from it. What is the community saying about them? Uh, mm. And then also, if they have an underlying product, I say try mm. to only really look at projects with products already out because a lot of and mm. this is the scam of it. A lot of these projects is why 99% of them are BS. They're just doing an altcoin project to sell other altcoins for Bitcoin to buy more Bitcoin. That is literally the goal of some of these projects. Mm. So ask yourself, can this be done without Bitcoin? Um, and if it's yes, then understand this project is probably going to be more of a money grab than a long term deal for some of them. Mm, um, yeah. And then you have to kind of decide strategically. Why are you mm. in this project? Is it to make more fiat U.S. dollars to pay bills whatever? Or is it to make mm-hmm. more fiat to buy more Bitcoin? Because those are two different mm-hmm. trading strategies. Uh, mm-hmm. But all in all, like I said, the biggest thing is just to take your time. Move slow. We read all the time. You have to read and read. 24 seven, start buying Bitcoin, you know, dollar cost averaging to Bitcoin. If you are broke $5 a week, you can go on cash app, you can buy up to a dollar a bit or as low as a dollar Bitcoin on cash app, I would say Mm -hmm. start building up your Bitcoin portfolio. uh, And then as you learn more, then you can say, Okay, I got uh, discretionary income of 100 bucks here 1000 bucks here, then you can go play around those other coins and learn about those projects. But I would seriously say, Stick with Bitcoin and grow from there. I get it. It might look like you're missing out on the big swings, but trust mm-hmm. me, you're probably not. Uh, as mm-hmm. of now, there's no altcoin that has gained more value than Bitcoin in three year time span. So no altcoin has outpaced Bitcoin. That's why we keep saying Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong there. It's the other coins, right. it's the casino that at times will they pop? Yes, they'll pump. And that's the time to mm-hmm. sell it. Uh, but oftentimes, mm-hmm. they, you know, Bitcoin outpaces them. So work on Bitcoin. And sometimes you can't even sell these coins, right? Yes. And sometimes they're illiquid. Squid Games with this 63,000% this uh, oh. a week or two ago, but nobody could sell out of it. So it's one of those things
0: where if there's no liquidity, then it doesn't matter how much you get back off of the project. So getting back to your course, I mean, that's why it's so critical to understand what money is on a fundamental level, what DeFi, the strength of Bitcoin. Getting your perspective right before you dip your toe in this landscape because it's treacherous, it's all get out. You gotta understand so many things, including security and your strategy going in. Like, what are you actually trying to do? So your class is really designed extremely well to get you to be in the proper mindset to pursue your goals in a in a beneficial and productive manner. At least that's what I see. And I'm assuming that was the impetus. To put this all together
1: yeah and you know what and i'll say this about a class too so uh bitcoin pay server we use that essentially you can make invoices uh through bitcoin so uh, if you wanted mm. somebody says, send me an invoice i can just text them or email them or print one out a bitcoin invoice uh, i learned mm. how to do that because i needed to send someone an invoice for the master class they were wanting to pay for it in bitcoin i didn't want mm. them to send it straight to the wallet so i can have a record of it we wanted to do a, a well we could do a record of course they send it straight to the wallet but we just wanted to do an mm. invoice um mm-hmm. bitcoins they cover the invoices in our masterclass i actually opened up his video and watched it like four or five times as i was going through the process of creating the invoice our own masterclass video i was using to use. oh right. with, that's what i'm saying <laughs> so my point is and that's why i swear by it and i love the masterclass um uh, majority of people who are who took the class who are like looking to invest or take bitcoin serious most of them have told us after like about a month and a half they're like ah. Oh, like after doing a class and jumping into the market, like I made my money back. I'm good. Most people seem to be happy. So all our class is really doing it, mm-hmm. again. I want say all. It's just educating you about all things crypto all at one time again. It's 12 hours. I would suggest taking it more than once. My 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 myself, mm-hmm. I've taken Zay's portions more than once because some of the stuff he knew about that I didn't know about. Um, mm. But again, it just makes things easier in my point of view because you can get mm-hmm. all this information right now or you can go out there and learn it on your own. And again, for my perspective, us mm-hmm. learning on our own has been very costly, uh, not oh. only time, but money. Um, mm-hmm. And this is the reason why we, like that is literally the reason why we created class. We were already talking about totally. like doing like many tutorials and stuff, which we've done in the past. We've had tutorial uh-huh. groups, but essentially we just kept getting the same questions about the same different things. And we were like, exactly. let's just put it
0: all in one format to make it easier. Yeah because you'll be like repeating yourself over day, and over again day. like yeah. no it's not that you've got to strip away all of this crap that people have in their perspective all this stuff that's in the way of and then you got to cut through that and like hey why don't we just do take my course it'll and, be and, a lot easier and
1: to be fair uh and again it to some is is all relative but it's actually priced very good as far as the knowledge we put in there and then also um when you start looking at like New York City mayor saying he wants to put you Know a curriculum in schools now, like this is happening. This is where we hope our course goes to banks and schools mm-hmm. as well. But it's just one of those things like we look before we did the same with our YouTube. Before we started the YouTube, the first thing we did was mm-hmm. look to see if anybody else was out there doing it because we didn't actually want to do it. Zay didn't even want to go on, he felt he didn't know mm-hmm. enough yet. I was like, bro, you know right. way more than what do you think? Yeah, yes, but it was one of those things where like people weren't doing it, so we just it was just it has to be done, someone has to do it. The True same boy. with the master class. We were looking for other master classes to promote to say, hey, mm-hmm. we're here to learn everything. There's not one out there. There is not a master class exactly. out there that says, Hey, do you know how the monetary system got started on the planet from calorie shells all the way to this is how you do a collateralized loan with no credit? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. There's no one going from top to bottom like that. So we are super proud
0: of it. Yeah, and I'm glad just for our audience, the gentlemen of crypto come on every day around 10ish around 10-ish. Right 10 that 10am eastern 10am eastern uh 9am central yep 9am central a gentleman of crypto go live right around 10ish every day and then they turn that youtube um conversation into a podcast on a daily basis which is extremely insightful um king i can't thank you enough by the way how that you know zay alluded to um, he said, "Oh, hey, Miami coin, you might want to get some or something like that." How do you get it? Where do you get it? So uh,
1: I wish he wouldn't just go. So okay, I'll, I guess I can probably say this since he said it. Um, so oh, you can get it off OK Coin. I've been hearing okay, people okay. are having issues only because of certain states and places are restricted from buying it. Now we will say you can use a VPN to get around it. Uh, but the thing in this market is. Usually when the price is at its all-time high, like we're seeing right now, exchanges and everything stop working, which is why we tell people do not leave your money on these exchanges. And it sounds like that's kind of what's going on right now. Uh, so he actually just got off because he just got on with their CEO. So, <laughs> so I don't know what's well, going on on that call.
0: Why is that happening? Is because there's just an influx of traffic or because there's some nefarious behavior going it's on? Probably, combination when it comes to exchanges,
1: it's probably nefarious, like with all. Of them. Not just that one specific, like Coinbase uh-huh. nefarious. They always... Coinbase always shuts down when something's pumping. Always. So uh, Coinbase <laughs> is nefarious. Bittrex, aka Shittrex is nefarious. Uh Robinhood, we know <laughs> it's nefarious after the GameStop. Uh
0: PayPal nefarious, Venmo nefarious, because they own by what PayPal. are they doing? When it pumps, they're holding people's. Yeah, turns? so they don't want uh, you to buy it? it when it pumps like that.
1: <laughs> or sell, really, because they don't have the liquidity on these platforms like oh, that. Even these exchanges. Gotcha. They don't have the liquidity, gotcha. they're lying to people which is why we keep saying the last one we saw was in 2018 or 2019. Quadriga CX was an exchange. The CEO mysteriously disappeared. Everyone's money up to upwards of $190 million went missing. Uh, that's real. That happens. So it's one of those things we haven't seen in a couple of years. But if it happens again and one of these exchanges just go bottoms up, like that's it. That is lit- like your money's gone. Your crypto's gone. So uh, wow. you got to make sure people are leery about that.
0: Well, King, it was a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. Tell Zay thank you. Um, I, I can't thank you enough. It was just uh, so informative, and um, I'm grateful on a lot of levels. <laughs> well, no, th-
1: thanks for having us. And as you already mentioned, folks, you can find us Monday through Friday uh, at 10-ish East, ET, Eastern Time. Um, we are rough around the edges. We try to educate and be entertaining. I always mispronounce yes. words. Sometimes we argue. It gets crazy. We use profanity, but honestly, we yes. do all the theatrics just to keep people interested because uh, when we started, and even now, most of the people out there sound just like this and they're talking about Bitcoin and cryptography and cryptocurrency. And when I used oh, to, yeah. to watch these videos, I would be like, uh, I would be almost nodding yes. off halfway asleep. And it's like, we don't yeah. want to do that. We want to provide jewels and bits of information to keep you all laughing and entertained and angry I, or whatever else. Oh,
0: totally. And I noticed that <laughs> you you personally, King, say a lot. You'll point out some ridiculous behavior and someone's trying to get over or take advantage of a situation. You say, I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad. And I think you say gang, gang or something like yeah, we that. Yeah, I mean, We're the big gang. We always say they're a gang, gang, gang. Yeah. W- which is basically... It's, it's kind of reminding your audience from my perspective of, look, this is a treacherous landscape. Go in with your eyes open. Understand the deal. No one's going to hold your hand. You've got to be aware. But, you know, with that, with the freedom comes responsibility. You can't have one without the other. So thank you so much for this. I really appreciate it. And please give my very best this day. Thanks for having us. You can catch The Gentlemen of Crypto live on their YouTube channel daily around 10-ish Eastern Time and also listen to their crypto analysis on their podcast. To find out more about them and their offerings, including the KRB Digital Assets Masterclass, you can visit com. And find the book by Isaiah Jackson, Bitcoin and Black America, both editions, at bitcoinandblackamerica.com. Join us next time when I sit down with my good friend and colleague, actor, writer, and director, Mr. Phil Donlin. We reminisce about working together on the film he directed, *The Man in the Silo*, starring Ernie Hudson. His experience starring in the baseball noir film *High and Outside* that allowed him to act with Hudson and the late Jeffrey Lewis, who delivered a powerful performance in his last on-screen appearance, and a role he's playing in the new series from Curtis 50 Cent Jackson, coming out in February of 2022 on the Stars Network called *PowerBook 4 Force* as well as an exciting project he's developing. Be sure to subscribe to Rhythm of Life, leave us a rating and review so more people can find out about the show, and like us on Facebook. I'm Steve Ordauer.
1: This has been a Rhythm and Light production.